Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the repetitive Matt. Hello there. Isn't it nice that we don't have to use the word flux in our intro anymore? It certainly is. It certainly is. Um, So, we are talking about Eve of the Daleks this week. Our penultimate episode of New Who. I don't know what I'm gonna. I, I might do next week's episode drunk. I know we've been recording earlier in the day, but if we do a late one, yeah. one I'm gonna get drunk. I don't want to tip my hand too much uh, in terms of my opinion of Legend of the Sea Devils, but it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> right, say no more. I mean, full disclosure: what it's twenty past ten in the morning, but it's got to be five o'clock somewhere, David. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, all right then. So how's your week been, Matt? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I was lucky enough to guest on the hundredth episode of the Cloister Bell podcast this week. That's quite the honour. But I, I made a terrible error in judgment. What's that? Well, we we reviewed the Doctor Who TV movie. Yeah, which is one of my favourites. I have a special place for it. But I thought. I've only watched that recently. I don't want to sit through it again. So instead, I read the entire Target novelisation. And (laughs) I tell you what, if I'd have read that first, I'd have never watched Doctor Who. (laughs) It's as dry as a stale poppadom, that book. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. Um, You see, I would have thought there'd be lots to... But then again... I feel like 90% of the charm of that movie comes from McGann mm-hmm. and the the other 10% comes from the extremely mid-90s production values. Mm-hmm. And most of that film, don't forget, is everyone just riding around on motorbikes. How much, de- <laughs> how much detail can you put into a novel to describe someone riding around on a motorbike? Yeah, I'll be honest, plot-wise, you'd struggle to fill 150 pages with it, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah, well, I think it was 210. Oh, crikey. Yeah. Well, Well, anyway. I'm I'm looking forward to their 100th episode. I didn't realise they're doing it in three acts. One with us, one with the Who Can Convince You Boys, and one with Mark from All of Time and Space. So there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a long one because we did two hours. Crikey. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to hear it. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, great, great podcast, great, great chaps, and uh, yeah, it's going to be quite the, quite the uh, spectacular by the sounds of it. And then we recorded a special episode for their Patreon, uh, uh-huh. where we mainly just discussed the Pizza Hut buffet. Oh, ah, uh, like I, I think I don't know whether this is. Whether it's unique to the UK, if other regions also uh, had the Pizza Hut buffet, but I think for for chaps of our generation, you know, there was something quite magical about just wandering in and getting as uh, much pizza as as your uh, teenage body could handle for a fiver. <laughs> That's it. In a couple of weeks, I'm off work again for half term. Yeah. Last half term. Uh, 
me and Rob said we were going to meet up, but we never managed to make it happen. So we've agreed, yeah. if it happens this half term, we're going for a pizza hut. Nice, nice. Good stuff. Um, well, very much looking forward to that. Um, I have no news. Oh, really? Nothing <laughs> at all? Um, I don't know. Um, have I, what have I done this week? It's just been work, to be honest. See. Where did we go yesterday? Oh, you know what? Yeah, no, I, 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 something interesting happened to me yesterday. Uh, yesterday, uh, I released some baby frogs into the wild. Ah, oh, that's so lovely. That's nice. We've 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 had a uh, a little little tank of uh, tadpoles on the go for the last couple of months, which has been uh, fun watching them go from uh, tiny little blobs to actual, you know, miniature frogs. Mm. And so we we took them back. We went up to Square Corner. Do you know Square Corner? Uh, roughly. Just yeah, just in the shadow of Black Hambleton. Yeah. Um, We'd we'd got the frog spawn from a from a pond up there, so we we, we went back up there to, um, to release them, and uh, it was sort of quite late in the day. Little Zorbs had had a had had a nap in the middle of the day, which is unusual for him. But we'd we'd had a busy morning as well, um. So we were like, right, we'll just sort of resign ourselves to the fact that he's not going to sleep before eleven o'clock tonight. So, we'd kind of just uh, hung around, uh on Square Corner, watching the sunset, and uh, even saw the uh, SpaceX uh, rocket launch. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> with, with the, with the uh, North York Moors sprawling below us. So, Lovely. yeah, I guess that was that's notable, isn't it? That's not a thing that happens every day. That's lovely. See, I, I yeah. had what I would describe as one of the worst days out I've ever had yesterday. Uh, it, why, it, why was that? It was beautiful weather. So I thought, yeah. do you know what? I've got a free day. So me and my cousin, who I'm quite close with, decided yeah. we were going to go to the beach. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, David, Scarborough is a long way away. Mm. And, it certainly is. And, you should have got yourself up to Saltburn. Well, we thought, the thing was, we, I don't really know why. We just sort of set off in the car and before we knew it, we were halfway to Scarborough. Uh, you know, we've gone Pickering way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We just decided we'll go there. But the sat-nav, no matter where we were, told us we were half an hour away. And then <laughs> and then I'm going to put an official complaint in with the borough of Scarborough Council because their car parking mm-hmm. facilities are terrible. Oh, dear. Everything's either cash only or you need a special app on your phone to pay for the car parking. Oh, but because you're surrounded that's... by cliffs, you can't download the app last minute. Yeah. That is not good. You know, in the post-pandemic age, everyone goes contactless. And, yeah. and then, I, I might edit this little bit out, David, but the day was cut short because I had the most terrible bout of explosive diarrhoea I've ever had as an adult. <laughs> we, were, we were just in the amusements. We'd gone past yeah. Coney Island. We were in, I think, is it called Europa Amusements? One of the big ones. Yeah, down, down the end of North Bay, as far as possible away from like the centre of town. So uh-huh. I was worried I was going to get cut short, and I was just on the Penny Falls, and I just thought, oh, no, I don't feel well. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, and then it was risky because once I thought I'd felt a little bit better, we of course had a two-hour drive home. Oh jeez. Yeah, um, it's funny, isn't it, how quickly a li- a nice idea can turn into. Uh... An unmitigated disaster. Do you ever think we share too much of our private lives on this pod? 
I don't know. I, mean, I honestly, I don't. I don't know what people tune in for every week. Is it the Doctor Who chat? Is it the this sort of nonsense? Oh. I mean, let's be honest. N- neither element is particularly good. <laughs> um, but let, let's go to everyone's favourite feature. Do you do you have a joke from Little Zorbs this week? I do. Yes. Um, he told it three times this week. Each time. It was slightly different. Mm-hmm. Each time it made even less sense than the previous. Good, <laughs> good. I'll tr- so I'll try and sort of, I'll try and knock it into a bit of shape. But in essence, this is this has been the joke of the week from Zorbs. Um, so he was very insistent that it's not a why, it's a how question. So how did the ice pop fall into the oven? Oh. It it got in there and someone twisted the knobs and it got toasted. Oh, right. So it's a very literal explanation this way. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... It, it, Has your son been putting ice pops in the oven? He hasn't, no. But he, he, he is obsessed with ice pops at the moment. Right. Absolutely obsessed. Right. He basically... I think he would just subsist off um, brightly coloured water stuff full of artificial sweetness for the rest of the the summer if the option were open to him. Uh, See, I'm worried that's what gave me an upset tummy yesterday. I went to my Uh, favourite ice cream parlour, Harbour Bar Scarborough, mm -hmm. and uh, had a Knickerbocker glory, and it was only after that I felt rough. Uh, To be fair, that's a lot of dairy. Can I give you a guest joke this week? Sure. This is one, when we were discussing joke of the week, this comes from Rob from the Cloister Bell podcast. Great. And it's one of his daughters told him this joke this week. Right. Knock, knock. Who's there? I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> I'm going to knock you out too? No, who? no, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what sort of household Rob's got, but I'm worried about <laughs> him. I mean, he's a Geordie, isn't he? That's just how they say hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. I, did... I can say that because my partner's a Geordie. <laughs> I did hear a good joke on the radio this morning. Yeah. Uh, did you know last night, David, I was going to go to the nudist camp? No. Uh, I wasn't going to go at first, but I had nothing on. <laughs> hey, yeah, joke. that's decent. Yeah, I like At least we've got one actual joke in there this week. Mm. Well, I thought if um, we've got the joke segment, we need at least one proper joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, don't expect Little Zorb's jokes to suddenly start following any kind of actual uh, uh, logic anytime soon. That 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 child at the moment, he's basically just a, you know, a, a, just a, a, a like dardarist performance artist most <laughs> of the time. Just everything that comes out of his mouth is a complete non sequitur, and um, yeah, he just makes just baffling choices. Yeah, but <laughs> all the time we're all totally here for the ride, though, David. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
Hopefully he grows out of it before he gets to university. Because I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, you know, 20, 30 years' time, if he's sat doing a Doctor Who podcast, David, something has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, all right, then. So, um, should we do Should we do the old A to Z? Yeah. Get it out the way. We, Get it out yeah, the way. we've got a fair few to discuss this week, I think. Yep. Right. Would you like to rate some episodes? Uh, yes, I would. Absolutely. Right. Well, we'll start at the very beginning, David, with Rose. Uh, um, yeah, it's got its problems, but it's, um, it sort of did the impossible, really, didn't it? Mm. It managed to present... Doctor Who in a form that felt true to the spirit of Doctor Who, but fresh and modern. Um, an amazing feat in that respect. And I'm so fascinated to see if RTD can pull that trick off twice. Because as fresh and modern as Rose felt in 2005, you can't put that on TV in uh, 2023. No, no. And expect people to think it's anything other than incredibly dated. So, um, yeah, I, I I cannot wait to see how RTD tackles. It, it's in many ways the exact same problem that he had back in 2005. How do you make Doctor Who relevant for a modern audience? Mm. Be interesting to see. It will, it will. What do you think of Rise of the Cybermen? That is the first part, I yeah. think, of the the uh, Cybermen two parter. Prob, I'm trying to think whether I think that's the stronger of the two or not. I don't know that that whole story is just kind of just cruises along on a nice even six out of ten, doesn't it? Pretty much the whole way through. What about the Runaway Bride? Um, I, I've I've warmed to it a bit over the years. Didn't like it uh, back in the day, but I think my love for Donna in series four makes makes me more inclined to kind of look favourably upon it. And the Ragnos are ridiculous. Mm. We'll get to them in a moment. Yeah. What about the Rebel Flesh? Uh, yeah, I'll still stick up for it. I like it. Rings of Akatep. Uh, visually, I think it's got some great stuff going on. Uh, but one good speech does not a story make. Uh, what about Robot of Sherwood? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's not though. Uh, Return yeah, of Doctor Mysterio. Also good. It, there's a, 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 there's there seems to be a good chunk of fandom that claim that Return of Doctor Mysterio is like the worst Christmas special, the worst Capaldi episode. People are really give that story a beating. It's charming. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't mind it. I, I don't know what people are on about when they bash it that like that. Anyway, um, what about Rosa? Uh, yes, good. 
overall good. And then two episodes I had to Google because I didn't know which one was which. Resolution and Revolution of the Daleks. Um, yes, both solid. I like Resolution slightly more of the two. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Should we do some Aliens? Uh, yes, let's do it. Or, or do you, you or, well, do you want to, do you want to do the, I was just thinking, do you want to do the classic stories first? Yeah, go on. Whilst we're on stories. So the ones I need to mention are Reign of Terror, Remembrance of the Daleks, The Rescue, Resurrection of the Daleks, Revelation of the Daleks, um, and, uh, The Rebus Operation. Oh, oh, and, uh. Some robot ones. We've got robot, robots of death, the Romans. I think that's everything on this list. That, of those, uh, the rescue is the best. Um, you've not seen the Rebus operation yet. No. Remembrance but... of the Daleks. I remember I wasn't a fan of that, but I'm excited to do a little bit more of McCoy Doctor. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy McCoy. You might enjoy McCoy more than me, to be honest. I'm not sure. Um, I... Um, I, I will say, when it comes to all of the Dalek stories beginning with R, I, I have such a hard time keeping which one's which in my head. So don't expect me to, to kind of tell you which of those I liked and which I didn't. Um, yeah, Rebus Operation is a personal favourite of mine from that list. Um, Should we tackle aliens? Let's do it. What do you think of the Rock? I do not know who they are off the top of my head. No, me neither. Uh, and then I can't... Basically, on the list I looked at, it had the Slovene, but under their full name, so the Raxif Florian, blah, 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 blah. Ah, uh, yeah, read that sure. Up. I can't remember it. Right? Yeah. What about the Ragnos? Um, yeah, great design. Yeah. And, and great OTT performance. Like, I think in a regular episode, it would be a bit much. But for a Christmas special, sure, ham it up. Mm. What about a personal favourite of mine, David? They're coming back under RTD. Yeah. It's the Reapers. Reapers? You know what? I'd kind of love it if they had the balls to just be like, yeah, we've decided this particular time anomaly is going to be a Reaper-worthy one again. Mm. Don't ask us why, but we're doing them again. I'd love that. Yeah. What about Rodians? Um, I don't know what they are. No, they were just. On oh, the... I think they're a class thing. Looking at this list. Oh, they are. Yeah. They're yeah. The, the main enemies in class. They're the one that hate the. Oh, quilts. the shadow elf people. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Wasn't a big fan of the design. Oh, I love everything about class. So yeah. Absolute Doctor Who connoisseur. Uh, yeah. What about the Ribosians? Um, uh, to be honest, they. I'm pretty sure they're basically just humans, just on a different planet. Yeah. At least that's the way they come across in in the Rebus operations. So. And then the final one I've got, David. This is the one word that was getting people blocked this week. Yeah. You know I hate them. It's the Rutans. The only race uh, not welcome on Earth. You 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 uh, side with the Sontarans on this, yeah, do you? Yeah. 
I realised after I watched that yeah. episode last week, I've seen the Rutans. They're in the Doctor Who adventure game I was playing. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I will mention, because <laughs> this is, this is I don't know whether you're like this or not, Matt. When you say something wrong and you realise afterwards, but it's too late to correct it, does it slightly eat away at you? Oh, for David, I don't sleep for weeks long. after things like that. So, cast your mind back to series four. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember when we did the Santara two-parter? Yeah. You mentioned that, because there's a reference to the Rutans in that that story, you know, the ongoing war between the Santarans and the Rutans, and you asked me, have, have we ever like seen them on, on classic Doctor Who? And I think I sort of offhandedly said, no, nah, I don't think so. I forgot that they feature in the horror of Fang Rock. And I realised a couple of weeks later, but I was like, it would be so petty to retroactively correct myself two weeks later on the podcast. So I was like, next time it sort of comes up naturally and I have an opportunity, I'll address it. It's fine, David. You, you can sleep in peace now. <laughs> so that's, that has been just vaguely in the back of my head for about two years at this yeah, point. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I... And our listeners forgive you. Yeah. I'm not a fake fan, guys. I really do like Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be fine. Right. Um, all right. So, Last thing I've got uh, is some cast and crew and characters. Yeah, go for it. I've got Romana One. Yeah, my favourite of the Romanas. Oh. Fight me. I feel bad having Romana Two next then, after you've slammed her performance. Well, to be fair, she is my my second favourite of the of the Romanas, so Right. Just to be controversial, even though I've never seen them, I prefer two to one. To be fair, that's that's probably the more common opinion. Then we have Rose Tyler, David. We do, yeah. Okay. And then we have I, I feel like you know, we've discussed Rose enough yeah. at this point, surely. And then we have my pick for the A to Z. As soon yeah. as I knew we were doing R, it was always going to be River Song. Yeah. Solid choice. Yeah. My favourite character in all of Doctor Who. Really? Yeah. That's... Um, Except I mean, for I can't... Lady Christina, that girl out <laughs> of class. Um, <laughs> that, that pig from... Daleks take Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know. But she makes you top five anyway. Yeah, yeah, she's she scrapes her way in there. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I'm going to mention a few writers quickly. There aren't many to go through. We've got um, Gareth Roberts. No further comment needed. Uh, we've got Hal Helen Rayner who wrote the um, Daleks uh, in Manhattan two-parter and then in the following series did the Sontaran two-parter we mentioned earlier. Um, Anthony Reid, whose sole contribution was the Horns of Nymon. We're getting there. We'll get, we'll get yeah. to it soon enough, don't worry. We, we will, we will. And uh, Ella Rhodes, who uh, wrote the episode we're going to be talking about next week. Legend of the Sea Devils. So, not a, not a massive list, and none of those, to be honest, 
jump out at me. Um, I'm just trying to rack my brains to think if there are any actors that I've, I'm, I'm blanking on or anything. Uh, you could have had Michelle Ryan. Oh, yes. Um, oh, Eric Roberts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, none of the doctors have got our surnames. No. So, otherwise, that, that's usually a good fallback. I'm going to be honest, I'm struggling this week. I might have to pick a pick a story. Um, Go for the Reapers. Nah, I, I think I'm going to say Rebus Operation. Really? Uh, it's, the, it's the first story in The Key to Time. It's a great Robert Holmes script. Um, you've got Fourth Doctor and Romana One. It's a, it's a real uh, comfort watch for me. That story. Nice. Um, I was when I was when I was in a bit a bit of a rough place uh, last year. I ended up throwing on the Rebus Operation, and then over the following couple of months, just rewatched the entirety of the Key to Time series. Um, just and, and it made you know. me feel much worse, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Did not help. Um, so there we go. Yeah, Rebus Operation. That's going to be my pick. So, Matt. Yep. Um, is it time to boot up searchwise.net? It is. It is. <laughs> I'm going to warn you. I wonder okay, what's. I've just had a notification yeah. from eBay.com that one of the things I'm bidding on ends in 10 minutes. So, okay. if I don't so see a be great divided. deal, apologies in advance. All right. You're going to have to tell us what you're bidding on, Matt. Um... You can't just throw that out there. I suppose. I, I was going to say, I don't want to say in case anyone bids and drives the price up, but this will be a week late, <laughs> won't it? Um, yes, I'm, it will. I'm bidding on a particular Warhammer model called Abaddon the Despoiler. Oh, is it? Is it a big, chunky one? Uh, it's, it's not giant. It's bigger than usual. He is, of course, David, the head of the Black Legion and wields the... Uh, I've forgotten what his weapon's called now. The Talons of Horus. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, we all knew that. Yeah. Common common knowledge. that They, they cover that in, like, year three in primary school. Yeah. I, I, you joke, but I literally know more about the history of the 40th millennium than I do British history, David. <laughs> it's like when Game of Thrones was on. I could tell you everything about every age of Westeros. But if you were like, uh, tell me one thing about Tudor Britain... I'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> were, were people, people happy? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I I can't disagree with you there. I was very much in the same boat. It's surprising, surprising to me how quickly I have jettisoned so much of that Game of Thrones knowledge yeah. in the past couple of years. Yeah. Like the other day, the other day it was up. It came up in conversation, and I genuinely couldn't remember Tyrion's name for a couple of minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I, I, that's one of those things we've made this joke before, but it's one of those TV yeah. shows that like the world goes mad for, and now I, I can't remember anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, are you excited for House of the Dragon? Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if I need to see Matt Smith in another sort of high-profile, nerdy, n- n- you know, like uh, nerd-facing 
property mm. because let's be honest, he, he, he he's he's sort of. <laughs> Uh, he was uh, in that recent Genesis film that flopped. Uh, uh, sorry, it was Terminator Genesis, wasn't it? it was that's the name right. of the film. Uh, that's what I meant. Got that confused in my head. Um, he was in that um, that recent Morbius film, which flopped. Yeah. But then he was um, in One Night in Soho that I thought was great. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I like Edgar Wright, so mm. I, I really must get around to that at some point. But would you say that that's a... And uh, that's not like a standard. That's not a sort of standard it, like. It's not like a mainstream nerd fair. No. No. So it will be nice to see him. He he really hasn't had that opportunity to to court that kind of audience since Doctor Who. Really, I feel like. Hmm. You know, he was he was nearly in Star Wars yeah, for a minute. That's true. <laughs> until he wasn't. Uh, but yeah, so. I, I really hope it does well for him. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what he does in, in it. Um Alright then, so uh I've I've got uh my search results here. News about Doctor Who. What have we got? Doctor Who star claims Russell T. Davis spread casting rumours. Who knows what what that you know, who which star that is. Mm. I mean that's the point of clickbait, I suppose. Um, Daily Record, new Doctor Star Shooty Gatwa reveals plans to use acting success to build dot 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 and the rest of it's cut off. What? Who knows? He's going to build a rocket. Yeah. Just a ladder to the Colonise Mars. Yeah. Um, right. Digital Spy, Doctor Who boss confirms Jodie Whittaker's final episode runtime. I mean, I can tell you, Matt, it's going to be 90 minutes. So that's, you know, we don't need to click on that. Bloody 58 was enough for me this morning. (laughs) Uh, Russell T. Davis confirms runtime of Jodie Whittaker's final episode uh, with the Radio Times, so same thing. What if it was four minutes? If you just went, I can confirm, four minutes. Including credits. I think you're going to want this one, Matt. From the Independent, we were discussing off pod recently some cryptic Instagram posts uh, by a director that we were just been discussing as well, Edgar Wright. Uh, Independent have gone with Hot Fuzz director Edgar Wright reacts to fan speculation about his involvement in Doctor Who. Yeah, let's have it. Are you, do you want to? Do you want to hear what Edgar Wright has to say? Oh, I bet it's going to be a complete sort of sidestep but here goes hot first filmmaker edgar wright has reacted to fan speculation that he could be involved in the next series of doctor who the director shared a series of clues on social media just days after it was announced that shooty gatwa will be joining doctor who in the future taking over the lead role from jody whittaker on tuesday the 10th of may wright shared a photograph of a blue door with a wet paint sign affixed to it, strongly resembling the door of the TARDIS. Another post depicted a pattern of hexagons resembling the TARDIS's interior. A third clue shared yesterday, 11th of May, showed a diamond chandelier. Don't know how that fits. But anyway, as a result, followers speculated that he was in fact cryptically teasing his involvement 
in the long-running BBC series. However, Wright seemed to refute the suggestion on Twitter, responding to the new article, which claimed that he could be the next glitzy addition to the series of the uh, next series of the iconic sci-fi show. Untrue, he tweeted in response. However, some fans have suggested that this response could, in fact, del be deliberately misleading, highlighting the use of the phrase "next series" in the tweet. He was disputing. It's untrue because the 60th anniversary special doesn't count as the next series, one person wrote. Um, so, there we go. It's it's. This seems to be just the thing nowadays, isn't it? People play cat and mouse on social media. Um, I guess it gets a bit of hype going, doesn't it? Um, I would like to see Edgar Wright tackling a Doctor Who story. Yeah, it seems like it's the sort of thing he would love. Yeah. If you if you give him a strong script, he could do interesting things with it, for sure. I wouldn't want... I don't think I would want a whole series of Doctor Who directed in his style. That could be exhausting. Like, it worked very well for Spaced, but it's so his style is so specific and like um it it constantly sort of reminds you that um this has been directed by a director do you know what i mean it it kind of it's it kind of breaks the fourth wall a bit in the way it's uh he, the way he, he shoots and edits his work um, which is great if that's what you're going for and you could de definitely do that and have fun with that in an episode of Doctor Who but <sighs> Doctor Who's all about the variety and sometimes you you need episodes where they play things with a straighter bat yeah in in order to to, to, to make the contrast work when you do something a bit different. See, this this could be wishful thinking on my part, but obviously yeah. Ed, Edgar Wright is kind of ingrained a little bit in current British, certainly in British cinema, and, you know, yeah. he came from British television. Just yeah. think of the absolute plethora of talent he could bring on board. You know, oh, all yes. the actors that he's worked with. I know he's got his sort of core little group of friends, he's Simon Payne yeah. et al. But, like, yeah. you know... Uh, and let's be honest, uh, we, we have mentioned that I think at this point almost every uh, member of, of the core cast of Spaced has has already had a guest starring role on mm. Doctor Who. Um, Mark Heap hasn't, though. No, no. Get him as a companion. <laughs> We've got we've got this new handsome super suave doctor, and just give him the creepiest companion. <laughs> just everywhere they go, people are just look squinting and just go, what, "What's going on there?" Yeah, yeah. Why are those two like, hanging out? The, dump, the the doctor bumps into him whilst he's dumping a body in a canal, and it's never addressed again. <laughs> <laughs> right, give me that all day. Uh, I, I mean, genuinely though, can you imagine Mark Heap playing like a villain or something for a story? Yeah, he'd be excellent. 
Oh, what a treat. What a treat. It's overdue, I think, that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm interested. I do think people are potentially on the money there in terms of maybe he's not doing the series, but he could be doing the special. Mm-hmm. That would be exciting. I, and I think I think that's like a wise choice because if if people see that we're starting with such a if you excuse the pun big bang yeah you know that's how you draw people in isn't it and let also we've had uh, Doctor Who has experimented with um, limited theatrical releases mm-hmm. for you know new series or specials and things like that. Um, so getting an actual, you know, a, an icon of British cinema to direct mm-hmm. a theatrically released anniversary special that is also introducing a new Doctor. I mean, that would make a heck of a splash, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean... Um, so, I mean, who knows? Pure speculation at this point could be complete nonsense. But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. That could be fun. Yeah. I, I know you'll be waiting with uh, Fated Breath, David, but I, I won my eBay auction. Oh, congratulations, Matt. Yeah, I'm pleased with myself. Yeah. Enjoy your little model. Yeah. I will. <laughs> I will. Um, all right then, all right then. Shall we talk about Eve of the Daleks, Matt? We shall, we shall. Do you want to listen to tweets? <sighs> Once a strong word, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will allow listener tweets. Thankfully, I, I didn't realise when I was on the cloister bell the other day, uh, loads of people sent them tweets under the guise of, look, we're just tweeting this and Matt has to read it out because we hate listener tweets um but <laughs> thankfully we were able to sort of dodge that bullet excellent right hold on oh i forgot to say david when i was in uh scarborough yesterday i've just loaded our twitter i took a lovely picture of me stood in front of a tardis oh yes i did see that yeah, yeah. Quite different to to the picture I uploaded where I, I was stood in front of a TARDIS. Well, I did recently. take a picture of one of me smiling, but then when I posted it, I realised my flies were down. <laughs> so I had to delete it and put a quite surly one up instead. <laughs> right. Um, oh, good news. We've only got a few tweets this week. Yeah. Um, I wonder why that is. I guess it's quite quite fresh for a lot of people still. There are probably people who, who haven't even got around to watching it yet. Yeah. Also, most weeks I put a tweet out saying I'm watching it and then I retweet that tweet later in the week. And I just didn't yeah. this week. I've just been busy. Yeah, fair enough. Right. First message comes from Nobody Really, who for the A to Z says it's got to be Raxicalifragilistic XW blah, 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 the Slavine planet. <laughs> Okay, then we have a message yep. from Ariel. Say hello, David. Hi, Ariel. Who says, I really enjoyed this episode. It was a fun time loop story and the supporting characters were pretty good. Chibnall continues his trend of being better at the specials than season planning. Also, I'd watched Groundhog Day for the first time just a day before, so like Dan's reference. And R, 
and I can't remember how we missed this out, David. It's from Rory. Oh, of course, Rory. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably be my second place. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Then we have a message from Martin McLean Hall of Famer Sonia. Say hello, David. Hi, Sonia. Who says, I really liked it. I thought Nick was going to end up more creepy, but glad he didn't. The guest cast was great. I really love Yaz and Dan's dynamic. Their friendship feels natural. It was entertaining, had funny bits and a cool concept. And I'm starting to think this is a prank to try and get me to say this. R is for Raxicoricophalopatorius. Well done, you did it. Just because it's a big long word I can't say. Everyone's like, oh, we'll just tweak that, so master. <laughs> right. It is fun, to be fair. Another R that would go in the Hall of Fame for me, David, it's Rod Henderson. Say hello. Hi, Rod. Rod says, I'm going to have to say nothing... Because so far, I've mixed up every Dalek story I've commented on. However, <laughs> if it's the one I'm thinking of, then I really enjoyed it and the concept. Yeah. And R is for Rod Henderson. He's nominated <laughs> himself, David. I mean, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have James Swifty Swift. Say hello, David. Hi, James. James says, I like this episode. It has great guest cast and nice concept. A uh, little confusing resolve, but then I've only seen it for the first... Sorry, I've only seen it once, so perhaps it's better on repeat. Some nice character moments that I think Chibnall has got better at through his time. And R is for Rod Henderson. <laughs> wow, well, yeah, he's uh, he's winning the Twitter poll at this he's point. Or at least level pegging with uh, Raxicorico Falipatorius. Okay. Final tweet of the week, David. We're through it quickly. Yeah. This is BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, it's pretty good. Fun concept, though they missed a great joke opportunity by not having Dan recognise the Daleks as the police robots from Revolution. I'm personally not sold on uh, Tasmin, but those bits were cute at least. In any other show, Nick would 100% be a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll have to tackle the the whole Nick business um, in due course. Um, And then BT says that his second choice for R is Romana Venturalundera. That's Romana's full name. Okay, but he says this week R is for Rod Henderson. Ah, well, there you go. Rod Wins Congratulations, Rod. Yeah. Uh, excellent. We, we haven't seen uh, Rod in any episodes yet, have we? He must be from Classic. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so that's listener tweets done. There you go. Well then, so Matt, only remains for me to ask you, uh, what did you make of Eva the Daleks? I thought this is Chris Chibnall's best episode. Hands down, ever. He, well, certainly from his run. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't find anyone who made that assessment. It's very strong, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think all the more interesting because it was a last-minute replacement. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a whole plan for... Um, obviously, this is part of a loose trilogy of, you know, Dalek-themed New Year specials. Yeah. Um, and 
Revolution of the Daleks was um, a more or less direct sequel to Resolution. Yeah. This is much... It's basically not connected to those two at all. My suspicion is the original plan was something that was more of a direct continuation of uh, Revolution of the Daleks. But... uh, I think largely because of COVID restrictions and, and, and things like that, the original plan was just not going to be feasible, uh, you know, with the time and budget that they had available. So he was like, oh, sorry, I'll just have to just bash out a bottle episode, I guess. So he basically wrote this in something like two or three weeks. I don't know. It's like pretty high concept for a last minute. Yeah, well, it's um, it's the old uh, necessity is the mother of invention yeah. thing, isn't it? You know, if you can't if you can't do something big and expansive and and sort of uh, what 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 do you do instead? You, you you do something that's that's much more tight and restricted, and sometimes some great stuff can emerge from from those kinds of limitations. And I think that's exactly what's happened here. Um, I think that's that's true of uh, the preceding series as well, to be honest, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, a lot of what makes it so exciting is is how innovative it is with, with sort of trying to make a little go a long way. Um, and I think the other thing that really helps this is um, great supporting cast. Yes. Yeah, you know. see, I, I know I, I ask this every week. But given yeah. how small this cast is, I'm assuming this was also filmed in the pandemic era. Yes, definitely Flux. it was. But considering Flux took place on like alien planets and, you know, spaceships, this almost felt bigger. You know, I don't know if it's because there was yeah. less green screen or what have you, but... Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's one small tight location... And um, as a result, it's able to really ramp up the tension because you're really laser focused on these handful of people and them surviving, getting out of this problem. Mm -hmm. So and also I love the device of not just having the time loop, but having the time loop reducing every time. Yeah. So you know. it, it gives it, it's not just like Groundhog Day, it's like Groundhog Day, but also there's like a ticking clock element yeah, to it. Yeah, it, like, it raises the stakes. And when, you know, yeah. when they realised if you die before the reset, you potentially might not come back in the reset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a clever... So it, it people could, could easily point at this episode and say like, oh, well, you know, this is an old hat sci-fi trope. People have done done variations of of time loop stories loads of times before yeah that's true i don't think i've ever seen that particular twist on it though before no and it it keeps the time loop closing yeah um and uh yeah so great supporting cast great character moments uh really solid script doctor gets plenty to do um probably got dan's best moment yeah so far as well yeah it's um i think it's a bit of a barnstormer really yeah no i i I enjoyed this i'll I'll put excellent that on record they can put that on the dvd 
<laughs> I enjoyed this, Matt, from neither the time nor the space. <laughs> um, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, you know, they probably weren't struggling for good quotes for this one, but certainly some parts of the Chimpel era, they probably would have had to have combed pretty deep. Uh, anyway, come on, let's let's crack on. Let's talk about it. Right, Eve of the Daleks. From the 1st of January, 2022. We're within a year, David. Yeah, it, just, it, just a few months a few ago. A few months. Seems like only yesterday. Yeah. Okay, written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Annette Lefeur. Or Laufer, yeah. Lefeur, however you... I think... I don't think she's directed before. Good direction on this episode as well. Yeah. Must be said. I, I would uh, agree. I would agree. Right. We open up a storage facility. Yeah. It's New Year's Eve, and we're introduced to Sarah, played by Ashleen B. Yeah. Who... Who... Yeah. Go on. Well, I like Ashleen B. I like yeah. her on Taskmaster, 8 out of 10 cats. And... I don't know, maybe an hour of her non-stop comedy was grating on me by the end. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. But I think she's. it, it was intentional. She is very well cast in this. Oh, yeah. As, as she gets more yeah. and more stressed, yeah. she plays that well. But I, I don't yeah. know. Like, towards the end, I was just like, mm, there was maybe just one or two jokes too many. You wouldn't want to be to be the next companion. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, no. I think she absolutely does a job. I don't know to what extent this part was written specifically for her, but certainly she takes it and makes it her own. Yeah, I couldn't imagine anyone else delivering this performance. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she plays the role of Sarah, and we're introduced to Nick. Yeah. Okay. I did write, why on earth do they have to work so late in a storage facility on New Year's Eve? But it's mm-hmm. because Nick has requested access to his storage. Yeah. Okay. I have also put, why on earth does he need to access his storage so late on New Year's Eve? But we find that out later. Yes. Okay. He quite clearly likes her, but it is unreciprocated. Yeah. We then see the Doctor, Yaz and Dan resetting the TARDIS because they want to remove the flux debris. Which means yeah. the TARDIS is going to be out of action for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, they reset it and they have seven seconds to leave the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And I timed it, it's 12 seconds, but a lot of that's in slow motion. So I'll let them off. <laughs> okay. They were aiming for a beach so they could relax and chill whilst the TARDIS fix itself. But they land in this storage facility. And when they leave the TARDIS, they turn around and it's all horrible and cracked and red and broken. Yeah, it's not looking great. Uh, The Doctor senses a temporal disturbance. And when she checks, it's not caused by the TARDIS. So there's Mm. something strange going on. Yeah. Okay. Nick wants to store a copy of the game Monopoly. And as he does... The lights all go out and we see yeah. the outline of a Dalek. Dun dun dun. Which immediately kills Nick. Yeah. Get used to that. That happens a yeah. lot. Yeah, okay. poor old Nick. 
He yeah. dies so many times in this. Uh, the Doctor, Yaz and Dan find him. And when Sarah says, you know, come on, Nick, stop messing about. The Dalek says, I am not Nick. And then... Great gag. Do you know why... Do you, know, do you, do you get the sort of meta level of that gag? Is that because of bloody Nicholas Carney? Uh, no, Nick Briggs, who is the voice of the Daleks. Ah, oh, right, OK. <laughs> so he is Nick. Was that written in as a joke for the fans? I would not be surprised if um, Chibnall chose to name the character Nick purely for that joke. I haven't said this in a long time, David. Yeah. But if you enjoyed that joke, you are the worst type of Doctor Who fan. (laughs) Right? I haven't haven't used that catchphrase in a while. Yeah. And I'm bringing it back. Okay? Yeah. We're almost at episode 200. I'm going to be bringing back some of the classics. Right? If you enjoy I Am Not Nick and you're sat at home going, but it is Nick, it's Nicholas Briggs. Great meta joke. Right? Take a look in the mirror, sort yourself out. You should be ashamed of yourself. This applies to you too, David. I know you'll have been laughing your socks off at that. Uh, I I thought it was an absolute treat, that. really is the detritus of society, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, shall right, we move so on? The doctor says, I am not Nick, but of course they are, and yeah. kills Sarah. Yeah. Okay. End of episode. Yeah, the end. Everyone's dead. However, now we find out that the Daleks have learned in fighting the doctor and can cancel the sonic screwdriver. So, its weapons are not disarmed, as the Doctor intended, and yeah. it kills everyone. And that is the true you... ending of today's episode. What do you think of the, the sort of uh, machine gun style... I like it. Uh, ...blaster? I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Nice nice to have a, a, a little variation here and there on the Daleks. Yeah, but just sort of modernising them as well. Mm-hmm. So not like... Starting afresh. No. But, yeah, I, I don't mind that. Yeah. Right, after the credits, history begins again. Nick and Sarah begin acting weird. They have a sense of deja vu. Uh-huh. This time, the Doctor and everyone attempt to rescue Nick, but he's already disappeared because he tries to rescue Sarah. Right. Sarah yeah. attempts to leave the facility, but she can't. And everyone runs about for a bit. The yeah. Dalek kills Nick again while Sarah searches the facility for weapons. She knows, is it Jeff? Is a bit of a weirdo, and if anyone's yeah. with stashed weapons, it's him. Is Je- Jeff the other employee who was supposed yeah, to be covering f- for New Year's, but as usual, lets her down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's looking for weapons until she confronts a Dalek and dies again. The Dalek then kills the Doctor, Dan and Yaz. So each, at this point, each time the time loop resets, the Doctor and her team think the Daleks are on a fixed pattern and they think if they can act differently, they can throw them off. But the Daleks, in fact, are learning and adapting their strategy. 
So this time, everything begins again. Nick and Sarah meet up with the Doctor's team. The Dalek arrives, and I've just put, it fails to shoot them. Because I thought it was convenient in this plot how sometimes the Daleks were really good at shooting, and at others, terrible. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is, but, you know, that's... The Doctor Who is not unique yeah. in that trope. Sometimes you just need characters to be able to talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor looks at Sarah's phone and is worried. Uh, in this room that they've locked themselves in, we see all Nick's storage, where he's been keeping all his ex-girlfriend's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, th this is weird, for yeah. sure. It's definitely, like, um, not a normal thing. Uh, like, some people... It, it, it's been interesting seeing the different reactions to Nick in terms of some people are just like, I don't care that he says he's not a serial killer. That is, you know, messed up and, and everyone should run a mile. Um, I do think that's perhaps a little uncharitable. My my reading is Nick probably just is not a neurotypical person. No. And 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 doesn't doesn't necessarily think the same way and, and has kind of I could I could easily see how someone could spiral with something like that where they've had their first relationship, it's it's not lasted very long, they've left something at at your flat and you're like, oh, I should give that back to them, but it didn't end brilliantly and I don't want to initiate contact. I'll just wait and see if they contact them. And after a certain point, you're like, I've got to get rid of this thing. So at that point, what do you do? Uh, I guess hire a storage unit. Um, and then it quickly gets out of hand. I, I could so That to me seems sort of plausible. Um, not something I've done personally, <laughs> I hasten to add. I would hope not. I mean, well, apart from anything else, um, I've... I've only ever really had one one uh, serious relationship, um, and it's the one I'm currently in. Um, but uh, yeah, so I. But I, to me, it didn't. It, it, it seems eccentric, but I wasn't immediately thinking like, "Oh, that man is is must be some kind of um, sociopath that everyone needs to run a mile from." Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was it, but there was there was a lot of that going around on Twitter after this episode. That like it, for some people, it seemed to like spoil the episode because they were like, "Why would you? Why would you hang around this person?" I thought that was perhaps a touch uncharitable. Mm. Anyway, so Sarah calls him out and says this is a bit weird. So yeah. he, which is fair, <laughs> begins. I don't know whether he just feels insecure, but he acknowledges yeah. it is a bit weird. So he runs out to the Dalek and says, look, kill me, let them live. Yeah, yeah, tries, tries to, be, to, be, to be the chivalrous person, yeah. So it doesn't work because Daleks nah. don't negotiate. Yeah. Um, but the Doctor realises that the room they're in has no escape. Yeah. The weapons are on the fifth floor. Yeah. So if they die things will reset and it becomes easier for them to get to the fifth floor. So mm -hmm. the Doctor essentially just lets the Dalek kill everyone. Yeah. However, yeah. it's at this point we learn that their deaths shorten the time loops. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, this is where the stakes get raised a bit. Yeah. Okay. So we get another reset, and this time everyone's heading for the fifth floor where they believe there'll be weaponry. Uh, the Doctor says that they need to be outside the time loop at midnight in order to escape it. Yeah. And just when they think their plan's all coming together, the Doctor detects a second Dalek. Uh-oh. So Dan works out that, you know, I can go fight it, because if I die, I'm just going to come back when the time loop resets. So he mm. runs off and pretty much dies immediately, but he buys the Doctor and everyone enough time to go check out this weaponry. Is that where he has that has that little chat with the Dalek? Mm. Where he, he just walks I... slowly in a circle around it. Yeah. And like I love I love that scene with Dan because where because he's he's just sort of like uh pretending to be to be like an idiot and be like, Oh, are you like a new sort of you know sort of like robot helper thing? You should get a, should get a less uh, angry sounding voice and yeah. And all of that. I, I I don't know. I think John Bishop's performance in that is so good. Um, yeah, I think we get a better performance from him than we saw in Flux. Yeah, I mean, it feels like at this point Chibnall is really writing for his voice. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, which is good. Yeah. Right. So, uh, where are we up to? Uh, Sarah and Nick share a moment where Nick finally confesses his love. Yeah. Uh, and the Doctor and Yaz search for weapons. As they do, the Dalek arrives and the Dalek overhears Nick and Sarah's conversation and kills them both. Mm. The Doctor asks the Dalek, why are we trapped in a time loop? And he says, look, we haven't done this. This is all caused by your TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, and the reason the Daleks are now hunting the Doctor is as payback for her eradicating the Dalek fleet during the events of Flux. I mean, yeah, she did do that. <laughs> it's not. It's like um, I, I like that. I like you know. I like that we're sort of getting consequences for actions here. Yeah, you reap what you sow, Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the time resets again. Uh, Sarah talks about Nick says you know good hearted weirdos that's the sort of people you should keep in your life and while she's yeah. saying that Yaz is just staring at the doctor yeah not subtle that moment is it no, no Dan <laughs> picks up on it pretty quickly doesn't he yeah well I mean Dan's we, we later find out Dan's been kind of cottoned onto it a long time ago possibly before Yaz yeah so then, this is where we work out if Nick dies before 5-2, because we're at the point where there's five minutes remaining in the time loop. Then he won't yeah. come back when the time hits four minutes to. Yeah. Uh, so, two Daleks accost Nick, but he just ducks, so they shoot each other. And the Dalek... Uh, sorry, and the Doctor arrives to get him. They try to formulate a plan. They say the explosives are upstairs, the exit's downstairs... That's what we've got to do. And as they do, yeah. three Daleks appear and everybody dies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're into another loop. Mm -hmm. uh, and this time, the Dalek arrives and destroys the elevator, 
meaning Sarah yeah. can't get to the roof. So they seem to be learning from each previous loop. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. Well, and just and this makes sense. Just the same way that um, the 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 humans and, and the Doctor are retaining their memories mm-hmm. after every reset. Why why shouldn't the Daleks also have that opportunity? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it kills Sarah in the lift. Yeah. Then it kills Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all the lights go out in the basement, meaning the Doctor has to leave Yaz and Dan. And Yaz yeah. is like, come on, why do you always have to leave? And this is where Dan begins pressing yeah. Yaz a little bit about her feelings. Yeah, yeah. You know, he says, and again, I see the way you look at her. And, mm-hmm. you know, have you ever talked about it? Yeah. And again, nice performances from the both of them. Mm. Um and uh, yeah, and and then they get exterminated. And <laughs> this, for all I've been really critical of Yaz. Yeah. And you know, I don't know whether this was always going to be the plan for that character, but now I, they've gone on record as saying that de- it definitely wasn't initially the plan. Right. Well, it kind of forgives for me that because maybe Yaz wasn't doing a lot because she just felt really awkward. Yeah. I mean, certainly, I think. What I mean, trying to think whereabouts we were in things when we started covering series eleven. I don't think series thirteen had started airing yet, but certainly, you know, there was enough going on in series twelve, mm-hmm. in terms of, yes, potentially fancying the Doctor. That it, I was definitely rewatching series eleven, through that lens when we were covering it for the podcast. And I do think it's not hard to read it that way from quite early on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we, we've made... I, I think I, I... I really won't fully make up my mind on Yaz as a companion until we get the centenary special. Because I th- I really do get the sense that it is going to be as much about concluding Yaz's story as it is about concluding this incarnation of the Doctor's story. Yeah. And it, and it if that is not the focus, then I'm going to be very cross. <laughs> and very disappointed in Chibnall. Well, if they just shake hands and agree to part as friends... Yeah, or or if or if it just doesn't get properly addressed, I feel like it, it must and it will, but, um, y- yeah, I, I, there are there are so there are so many ways to bungle a story like this, and so few ways to get it right, mm-hmm. uh, that it makes me very nervous about it, but. I, I, I will wait and see. I will reserve judgment until the, the special's out there and hopefully I've had a chance to process it and and, and settle in things. But as things stand, it, whatever you, you, you say, Yaz has got to get some credit as being one of the one of the longest serving companions of New Who. The one of very few companions, modern or classic, to actually hang around for a doctor's entire run. Mm. That is, I mean, not even Jamie <coughs> um, can can 
can take credit for that because I think he comes in in uh, Patrick Troughton's second story. Um, so he's not there from the very beginning. But Yaz is there from day one until, we, we presume, the very end for the 13th Doctor. So that's quite special. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Right. Uh, so yeah, Yaz says she can't tell the Doctor how she feels. Yeah. I, I quite like that because I didn't know whether that meant personally I don't have the strength to or yeah. whether she meant you know it would disrupt our adventuring and saving yeah. the universe. I don't want to be a distraction. So yeah, yeah. I like that bit. Uh, yeah. And such a touching moment ends when they get Dalek'd. Yes. And the Doctor dies too. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean that that whole that whole loop through, that that's the one where basically just anything that can go wrong did go wrong. Yeah, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So we're into the final three loops now. So we have yeah. a new loop. The Doctor discovers some fireworks. Uh, whilst looking at them, Dan confronts the Doctor about Yaz's feelings. Yeah. Uh, the fireworks. Um, I put there may be a decoy as the Daleks adapt to the previous loop, but I now know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone dies, and we're in a new loop. This is the penultimate <laughs> loop. Yeah. Uh, Sarah talks to her mum at last. Oh, we haven't mentioned, have we? Um, who's playing Sarah's mum? Uh, I didn't recognise Did them. Um, oh, I'm blanking on a name, and I've, my laptop's shut down now. Um, it's... Um, is it Paul Pauline, uh, the, the lady who plays uh, Mrs Doyle in Father Ted? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I you, you do you, you do only see her like on a phone screen at an angle, so I wouldn't blame anyone for not spotting it that it's her. But but that's good casting. Yeah. 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 And she's very good. She's very believable, I think, as you know, a slightly dotty mum. Who's like, I can't phone you at midnight because all the lines will be busy. Yeah. She's right, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always try texting my mum at New Year's and it never goes. Yeah. Mm. Right, we're into the final loop. Right, the Daleks can't shoot anything again. And yeah. everyone's escaped. Everyone's got out the building because there was a secret yeah. door down at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, Sarah's mum does call, but Sarah's yeah. phone is inside a big pile of fireworks. So when the Dalek mm -hmm. hears that, thinks there's humans present, shoots the fireworks, huge explosion, and all that's left standing amongst the rubble is the TARDIS. Yeah. And we get our little fireworks display on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Which I that's that's really cute. I like the sort of neatness of that. Um, in it, it when you do these holiday specials, um, it can be slightly awkward. Like I was never a big fan of Russell T Davis, like throwing in like killer Christmas trees and and things like that. Um, or you can go the tack of basically just completely ignoring it, which is what. Um, Moffat did sometimes but like I feel like this one strikes a very happy balance where the fact that it's taking place on New Year's Eve 
is significant to the story and you get the little bit of payoff at the end with the fireworks display. Um, but it's not it's not really like hammering you over the head with it the whole way through. No. Um, and, it, and it manages to just be a satisfying story in its own right. And, and I did like as well the little touch. Did you, you know, the bloke at the end who, who's, who's watching the fireworks display? Yeah. Um, did you recognise who that was? No idea. It was the bloke who was operating the crane. Uh, oh, way back, back in, in the woman... Woman yeah, who woman who fell to earth. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, which is a very sweet little um, callback, mm. I think. Yeah. If, if you recognised like, him, you're the worst type yeah. of Doctor Who fan. <laughs> but I like that though, because you know he seems like he's in a good place. He's happy. Yeah, he's come along the way. fireworks. Come yeah. Way. So yeah, the Doctor Dan and Yaz re-enter the TARDIS, and it's all tidy and fresh and new. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know what I made of this bit. Yaz says to the Doctor, what did you mean when your actions are catching up with you? And all series, whenever the Doctor's gone, oh, don't worry about it, Yaz has pressed her on it. But on this one, she just goes, yeah, yeah okay, no worries. And they just carry on. Yeah. I think it was just like, it, it, she's almost like given up trying to, mm. you know, get beyond that shell. So, then we get a little caveat scene at the end where Nick and Sarah leave together. Yeah. Yeah, we get a little happily ever after. Or, hopefully, happily ever after. Yeah, so, all in Um, all, I like this. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's, I think it, it, it kind of, in some ways it's Doctor Who at its best in that it, it embraces the limitations and uses that in its favour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny, it's exciting, um, and it's got and it's got a sort of underlying sweetness to it as well. Um, yeah, a very very strong script from Chibnall. I'll be honest, I like all three of his Dalek New Year specials. Uh, I like this um, one best. Then probably the first one, and I think the weakest yeah. one's the middle one. I would agree with that ranking. I don't. I think that's that's pretty solid. Um, but but they they are all to me like you know, seven or eight out of ten at, at least, mm-hmm. kind of episodes. Just really really solid, entertaining, uh, ones. And I don't know that any showrunner has had such a consistent track record writing for Daleks as Chibnall. Yeah, he hasn't overdone that it. He... That's what I like. No. I don't think he's got the credit for that yet um, within the fandom. I hope I hope that's something that, that more people start to think about and talk about because, um, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'll just be honest, I'm so sick of the constant chibnal bashing. There are some parts of the internet that I just won't go to anymore because they, they, they genuinely talk about him as though he is, um, you know, and and just a reincarnation of of Beelzebub or something, mm-hmm. who was just hell bent on destroying Doctor Who, and it's just it's ludicrous. He's a writer with strengths and weaknesses, like both the previous showrunners are. Um, 
Doctor Who is a show that is um, that is hard to get perfect um, and uh, you know even the best Doctor Who stories usually have a couple of aspects where you're like oh that didn't quite work you know yeah it's kind of it's almost baked into it because it's such a fluid concept that it's it's very very hard to just absolutely perfect um and yeah i i think unfortunately i think uh, anyway i'm I'm, this is this is series wrap-up talk we can we can have this discussion in more depth next week um but yeah it does annoy me anyway before we get to our series wrap-up matt we have one more episode of New Who to talk about. Ah, uh, the last one. The last one, for the time being. Uh, and it's uh, Legend of the Sea Devils. Yeah. So You've got to be excited for that, right? It only came out a couple of weeks ago. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I have a feeling by the time I'm, when I'm re-watching it, I'm going to be one of a very small handful of Doctor Who fans who, are, who have watched Legend of the Sea Devils more than once. Right. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. So do join us for that, listeners, next week. And until then, as always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.